Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Hi, I'm your host, Jack McLean, and today's episode is a bite-sized recording from our recent live collab event with Australia's leading strength conditioning coaches in the high school setting. Today's episode is with Tom Van Kelken, Head of Strength Conditioning Coach at Geelong Grammar. His subject was on long-term athlete development and the importance of meeting the athlete halfway. You can connect with Tom via his LinkedIn. The link is in our show notes. Thank you so much for, for jumping on. No Let's dive straight in. How's the body component shape your training philosophy? So, look, a little bit of background is so we have, I'm a Geelong Grammar School. We've got, we've got 600 boarders here who, you know, this is their home, this is where they live. So our students can come in the mornings before school, so 6.30 through 7.30, lunchtimes, and then after school, 3.30 through 6. So the majority of our students, they're, they're choosing to come and train. It's not part of a structured program. It's part of their downtime. It's a very structured environment when you've got 600 students living together. It has to be. And then the the gym is a place where they can come and have a bit of their own time, a bit of autonomy and a bit of – it's one of the few choices that they have to do to be able to come and, and train with us. And then that just shows about how we go with our programming and the, the environment we try and create. And, and what's their access like with the gym for, for those that aren't aware of the, the program there? So it must be supervised. So, so there must be either myself or another coach uh, on duty for students to use it, and that's just a safety thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so every morning, every lunchtime, after school, and a couple of select times over the weekend. And they have access to that just like a someone listening might have an access to a Fitness First membership. It, you know, it's it's their gym to use as, as they place yeah. it. Yeah, so, so this is their home. They live here. This is their uh, – they play sport here. They eat here. And the gym is – we have a pool facility as well, but it's just another way that we can – basically keep students busy because again if they're not busy then we've that's when problems probably arise yeah yeah for sure and uh, our training philosophy mate what's the difference between training poorly for little result and training poorly potentially resulting in injury yeah i think the fact that i think why we're all in this business is because we've got passionate about training and, and somewhere along the line we really developed a passion to train and understand how to train and, and to learn about it. And I reckon that's, that's the key to long-term athlete development is the long-term component. So what we really like to do and we try and promote like within our facility is that students come back. So I sort of often use the analogy, I don't mind if people come in and do 45 minutes of bicep curls because at least they're coming in. And that'll allow me to build a relationship and then by that second, third, fourth week of them coming in, then I've had a chance – to build a relationship, you know, try and push a, a different way of training forward for them, and then we, we gradually get them, especially doing lowers. The lower body is the one we really try and push push the most. Um, but then it's uh, they've got skin in the game because it's they're choosing to do the program they want to do. But if they're not coming back, if I go too hard with with my theories or with my thoughts on what they should be doing, and, and they don't come back, then I can't I can't shape them or I can't put my passion for training under them. Yeah, and, and that's a good segue for the next one, mate. When when you're evolving that, you know, developing that relationship, and potentially they are not training the way that you would like for their sport or, or for their general well-being, whatever the, the focus is of their training. Uh, what are some key areas that you train? I guess change with the student mindset when it comes to in relation to their programming. Well, we, we can we just try and outline results, and it, it only takes you 
to really impact on one or two students and, and they'll tell their mates and then they'll tell their mates and then they'll come and ask you questions. So I think if your students are asking you questions and they value your input and they value your response because there, there's a lot of information available and there's a lot of programs that, that are out there. So, so what I'm trying to do is again, build that relationship, let them know that I've got their interests at heart and that hopefully that the, the advice I'm giving them makes them better because if my advice makes them better, then they'll come back and ask me another question. And as long as I'm giving them answers that I think will make them better, then generally that's, I'll keep asking questions and take that on board. And for strength and conditioning coaches working in the school setting, what are some common mistakes that you've seen potentially in early days while you're getting more experience in the, in the environment? I think you've got to have, have your theory and understand that at its, at its true heart, like for high school S&C, it's, it's a pretty basic formula of your strength training. We're just trying to give them a pretty, like those underlying principles of strength. So, for instance, I just like them to be able to squat, hinge, single leg, you know, like some some form of a vertical power coordination in there, like a dumbbell snatch, but don't need to reinvent things. I think there's the younger you are, the more fancy you try and make your programming. But if, if somebody wants to squat, front squat, goblet squat, deadlift, trap bar deadlift, it's the true heart of it is it's still a lower body double leg sort of compound leg strength movement. Mm-hmm. Safety is a key aspect. If they're doing it safely, I, I sort of give them a give them a fair rein to, to have a, have the choice of how they want to get the, the outcome that ideally I want to shape them towards. And you mentioned the boarders, they have a good amount of access and to be able to use the gym quite frequently throughout the week. What's the program look like for the other year levels in terms of gym access and education so we, as well, I guess? So an example today is we had it at the moment, we're getting our sort of year six, seven, eight students are coming through through the gym as part of their PE curriculum. Mm-hmm. And that's more about just making them feel welcome and making them feel that it's a place they can use. And obviously letting them know that it's a place to train, it's not a place to come have fun. But there we, uh, we really try and show them the fundamentals of just training, enjoying it and feeling comfortable in the environment. So, so today we just took a, took a class through how to do sets and reps and, and some pin-loaded machines and they all enjoyed it. And then a few came back during lunchtime as part of their own and their free time. And it seems from the students in uh, high school setting now that are doing PE, it's changed a fair bit, physical education now into a little bit of drip feeding in some strength and conditioning principles, sports science. Are you finding students that are passionate in that area are, are interested in learning from yourself as, as a coach? Like are you seeing young coaches potentially in the, in the program? Yeah, we do. And, and hopefully that that just comes back to them being passionate about training. You know, I think we, we've all, people who are listening to this or people who are coaches, they, they somewhere along the line, they just love that training component. They love, love learning. And then, and that's a great, it's a great opportunity when you can have discussions with students or, you know, they're young adults pretty much, have discussions with them about training because they're seeing so much information on, on social media, on how others are training. And I'm still learning from, from the students who come in and they're, manufacturing ways of training or using equipment that we don't have, but they've seen it somewhere on Instagram or, again, social media, and they're they're still informing me, and we can have that sort of back-and-forth discussion. Hey there. hope you're enjoying this episode with Tom. We're just going to take a quick break to hear a snippet of our interview with Alex Clark. Fundamental things to focus on for, let's say, a 15-year-old that needs to get better with their athletic side to help, help their performance. Yeah, I think sort of understanding that there's a process that they need to go through. I think everyone wants to go from being a, a junior athlete to, to play at the AFL or NRL level um, really quickly, but they need 
I suppose younger athletes need to understand there is a process. So with that comes setting goals and, you know, making them really clear and achievable. So I might not necessarily, you know, be I want to play AFL, but, you know, improve your 2K time trial or I want to squat 120 kilos or whatever it may be. Um, I think having those those clear goals and, um, you know, engage your coaches to do that, engage your S&C coaches, engage your, your skill coaches to be able to, to be able to help you in those areas. Hear more from Alex Clark. Make sure to scroll to episode 60 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. And how important is that approach, that the fact that, like, like you mentioned there, that you're learning from them and, and there is a two-way conversation, do you think, in terms of that relationship side of things? Yeah, and I think it, it is because they're, like, I'm showing interest in them. Can you, you know, I think if, if a student feels that you've got their best interest at heart, now, they don't always agree with what I'm, what I'm saying and, and that's okay, but I want them to have the confidence in their own programming to to take on board from me what I from what my experience has shown but also they can they're, they're still enlightening me on new ways of their training but I think once once we have those discussions and I can put my uh, my theories forward I generally find that the students come around to, to my way of thinking and we end up on the same sort of page yeah very good yeah well thank you so much for, for jumping on and sticking with us to the end Tom and and sharing with us the philosophy, both at Borders at Geelong Grammar, and really encouraging them to, to keep coming back and, and learning and, and yeah, honing their craft, whether it be from an athletic point of view or, or as potential future strength conditioning coaches. For those that want to get in, in contact with yourself, mate, where's the, where's the best place to connect? Pretty much just by email. If you can get my email, we can put it on here. I, I'm not I have a real big social, social media handle, but uh, I'll check LinkedIn occasionally and email. We're always happy to have a chat over a phone call. So, Okay. Easy. We'll add that email in the show notes, guys. Well, we're, we're, that's a wrap for the event tonight. I'll change the setting a little bit so uh, this one's a good one. And then I'll, I'll mute everyone. Open floor. Is there anything that has been missed in this segment that anyone wants to open up before we wrap up? So I'll, I'll have a quick one for the for Nathan and Jared from a GPS point of view. It's great stuff that you're seeing. It's really good that we can get the students can see how. GPS does affect conditioning and training and driving sessions, but how do you find that goes in with students going out and doing basketball after school or then going and playing another game of footy? Or, and, and does it impact on what the coaches want to achieve in the time frame? Yeah, I can, I can probably answer it a little bit. I, uh, I suppose with, with football, I suppose we get a lot of boys who train outside of the school who then if they're playing Premier League football outside, generally we they're they're doing that we know already and we, we usually tailor their training so that we basically don't don't push them to be heavily involved in our sessions at all. And if if not not involved at all, maybe just be there for the warm up or seeing physio and, and just showing their face and actually being there is probably sometimes their only commitment. So we're pretty conscious of, of not overloading them outside of because they yeah, they will 100% they'll go and train at their club and probably do more outside. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something we're concerned, we're always concerned about. And I think, yeah, the same I think Dave mentioned as well about kids playing other sports as well. Like there's, yeah, there's so many. The, the better kids are usually playing two or three sports and yeah, training four or five times a week outside of it. And it's it's just, just trying to really manage their best and make sure their their loads are not out of the you know too high. I think we can, yeah. I'm not sure if GPS really 
plays a huge role, I suppose, in, in those guys because a lot of the time they're not even, they might not take part in our sessions in training. They do in games. But, yeah, I think that's, I don't know. Does that answer it, <laughs> your question? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it, because you're, yeah, you're trying to monitor loads of, of young students without real autonomy over their program. So, yeah, it makes it fun, but it's, it's a great educational tool for those students as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. We found on that, I think someone mentioned it before, but, but posting the results of, of GPS sessions initially, like we, we do that after every training, every game, and it made a massive difference to our boys buying in and really uh, just getting interested in, in it all and competing with each other. Oh, I think it was real, super important to do that. And, yeah, some, some, some groups probably respond to it better than others as well, and you'll have sometimes a year group that aren't that engaged, but some year groups are. It, it, it ebbs and flows a little bit, but it, it's definitely a really important thing to do. Well, I'll, I'll throw one out there. What would be the challenge of, I imagine losing units would be the biggest challenge, but if would you trust kids maybe year 10 and above where they hate, they take their unit with them and, and they do their running loads and they bring it back and you download and, and you truly are getting their weekly exposure or do you think it would be too high risk? It's something we have cons- we have talked about with with guys like that, but we you know, we haven't done it. We decided not to. I think there's, there's a few reasons why. One of them was, yeah, that actually not bringing it back. It probably wasn't prepared to lose a $4,000 unit with it. And, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't remember what else it was. It was also like this. Sometimes the kids actually have a unit that they're wearing already at their training outside as well. So yep. they can't really wear two. Yeah. There was a couple of, there's a couple of other things as well, but we, in the end, we decided not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the challenge, isn't it? Like, like you said, the best kids at uh, playing state and NAB league and school and potentially club, or club level as well, and then other sports, house sports, and it's a challenging one. We had, a, we had some really interesting lot of load issues this year because they have in, in soccer up here, they have their GPS or the association sort of selection trials at the start of the season. So you basically do your pre-season comp and games and everything, and then they, they have their GPS selection right at the start of the season. And it's like a – then they play games as well against other association schools like the, the CAS and IAS. And they're basically playing like a two- or three-day – I think it's two-day. They play about 240 minutes worth of football in two days on a Monday after playing on a Saturday. And some of these kids are also playing Sunday as well in their Premier League clubs. And well, we had a massive spike in injuries. We had three guys representing the school of four, and they, they all came back with – Injuries and and it pretty much either helped them all the way through the season and rid of them, or one kid kids ended up out for the whole year. He had a really a grade three hamstring tear, and he's a captain oh a captain of the GPS and base ruled out, gone. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty bad, really, really really bad way they organised that. And I don't know, yeah. They don't have anyone in. They don't use GPS at all. That's monitor training. They don't have a physio. It's really just yeah. I don't know. It'd be good to be able to use them to help in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for for jumping on. Is there any final comments or anything that anyone's said? But I think we're ready to uh, probably early risers on tipping with this group. 
So we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much, guys, for, for jumping on and sharing with us your time and, and experiences. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, I love everything that you guys are doing. And you can tell you're, you're super passionate about your, your role with these kids. So parents and schools uh, should be very grateful and, and lucky to have you all doing what you're doing. So the Aussie system, it's in good hands. Thanks very much, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Cheers, well done, guys. Thank you. Is with Samantha McLeod, the sports psychologist of the Richmond Football Club. That's tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. So that was Friday the 5th of August. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. For those coaches wanting to learn how to create an online coaching successful business and make an impact in elite sport, then our Coaches Academy is for you. You get access to our step-by-step roadmap to launching your own online coaching business, an extensive training library, and exclusive discounts and tools. You'll also become part of our active and supportive community filled with strength and conditioning coaches from all over the world who can help you along your coaching journey, practical feedback, support, and advice. All of this and more make our academy the number one place to be for a strength and conditioning coach wanting to start, manage, and grow a successful coaching business. To join, head to preparelikeaproacademy.com.au. Thanks for listening. Hopefully see you on the next Prepare Like a Pro live chat show.